1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: We're all committing to get in better shape this summer. Uh, Finally, Nina has an attempt, uh, an impression of me. I don't, I don't get it. It's not, it doesn't sound like me. Um, I don't know much about music, like you buy coastal elites. So this year I bought a lottery ticket, matched the numbers to letters of the alphabet. It spelled out an artist and it hit me lyrically. What do you guys think?
0: <laughs> Such a great <laughs> joke. Such an amazingly good joke.
2: <laughs> 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. in Berkeley what's the weather like uh nice but a little chilly it's been in the 50s all week because uh
1: it's no longer California weather but uh it's sunny at least but it's cold
2: Ben in uh the Blue Ridge Mountains slash Great Smokies we're at 81 big puffy clouds just beautiful weather here
0: very very nice I am here on the Slovenian Italian border okay the wine country and uh it's a brisk 53 with a hard driving rain here so it's been a little <laughs> oh tough. my god wow
2: tough. oh yeah for sure huh okay well good uh good for the grapes maybe i guess yeah, yeah totally sure, sure um jeff simons you got my email from the yes. top rope hit it oh coming up <laughs>
1: People, I had a woman She was
2: just nice and kind to me in most a way
0: Lord, I had a woman She
2: was just nice and kind to me in most every way But she died and she left me That's why I sang the blues on every Decoration Day. Thank you, John Lee Hooker, for capturing my mood, my emotions this weekend.
1: This is a really awkward way to tell us something happened to Robot Lady. (laughs) No,
2: (laughs) sorry. (laughs) FYI, Robot Lady is fine. But yesterday was graduation day at Asheville School. So I I walked around, instead of singing Decoration Day, I was saying I had a student every graduation day <laughs> it's a sad day all the students say goodbye Do you not That's a... how,
1: That's nice of you that it's a sad day that you made those connections yeah. I don't think every teacher feels that way about graduation day I'll be honest
2: Well I will also say that it's a reflection on my own mortality cuz it's the day they no longer need me <laughs> and they move on I'm like Wait, wait, wait. Are you sure you have the semicolon down? Yeah, I got the semicolon. Don't
0: worry. (laughs) Oh, see, that's really funny. I uh, Obviously, I missed law school graduation this year. Right. But one of my absolute favorite things about our collective jobs is the butterfly cycle. You know, you get to see the, the... caterpillar larvae stage and then into the butterfly and then they fly off like it's just yeah. fantastic yeah it is. Um, and it renews every year there's a new crop next year so you know tim if you feel bad now don't worry there'll be more next in the fall
2: oh 100 and then i look at that seat and there's some kids sitting in like scarlet Dewey seat or like yeah Well, what are you doing who are you i don't know you um plus it was also emotional because yesterday my daughter graduated from. How about Master's that? School. Way to go. That's,
0: yeah, that's a big uh, one. And Jeff, June you're seeing gone.
2: that too, huh? I'm coming but up
1: June 7th. The, June 7th uh, of yours?
2: Yep. It's weird, man. I mean, how many graduations have we gone through over the years? And then all of a sudden, 31.
1: It's I've it's gone your... to 31 high school graduations, okay, not I including did, my I, own. I didn't know we'd have this number
2: ready. I'm just saying it's it's a little strange when you have that personal investment uh, on that day. A little weird. Well, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. We got grandparents flying in. We're making a whole to-do out of it.
2: Yep. Well, Ben, so. ben should have given us notes on how to handle these things. That's, that's what he's here for, to lead us <laughs> into this next phase of our lives. Okay. I'm um, just going to be silent here. Silent, <laughs> kind of like how you were with graduation. Um, all right, well, let's get to, uh, oh, uh, the podcast name. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys <laughs> here waxing nostalgic. But we're really going to unpack the year 2014. This year in music, figure out which was our favorite album from the year. But first things first, Jeff Simons, the Grammy uh, of voters had their say. Um, I was
1: going to ask, what network are we on, Tim, on this fine podcast?
2: Oh, I- good call. It's the electrocast podcast network. Go to electrocast.com for all your podcasting needs. We're on the creators network. That's right. Uh, of the electrocast network. Okay,
1: okay, here we go. Grammy winning music. It's the Grammy
2: winner. Morning Phase by Beck. <laughs>
0: sleep that rests upon the quiet street we are standing on is it time to go away try again some other day Cause these are the words we use to say goodbye
2: I feel like I owe Beck an apology because I have not followed his career as as I should have I, because you picked uh Sea Change a few years ago. I did. And then Ben talked about the was it like the the more upbeat disco-y album that followed something about a van, I don't know. What do you think it, of this record? Where I think, yeah. Yeah.
0: Remind
1: me the name of this record? This is Morning Phase. Oh, I like this one. You didn't, didn't like this one. It didn't stay with me. I really thought it was like Sea Change Part 2 and not as good. And it might just be me that uh Sea Change came out when my first marriage was falling apart and so I was like this. Fits pretty well. yeah. And then this came out when I was really happily married and had a one-and-a-half-year-old
0: cute daughter. And I was like,
1: I don't really feel this record.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Oh, yeah, no, just, man. Dude, the thing that's really funny about it is, dude, those two albums are interchangeable to me. They're slow and in spots kind of boring. I, I mean, that was how I felt about Sea Change. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, so just yeah. a great
1: great moment where uh you're you're at a particular moment to receive art oh dude oh yeah yeah
2: yeah i like the fact that you uh that this this one didn't resonate with you i Um, can't believe this one album of the year though good
1: lord me too i just can't even it's it's shocking like why 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 i had i remember though this came out and like there were definitely people who were like this is the best record i've ever heard and lo and behold they were going through something. Like, I mean, like the three or four people I could think of that I know that thought this was the best record of the year went through like seismic uh sea change themselves. So I guess wow. Beck makes a record every decade for people whose lives are about to have a profound shift. <laughs> nice of him, really. Nice of him. That's why you haven't resonated, Timmy. You've just been like cooking along, the happiest guy I know, like.
2: Well, maybe making kids and making memories and maybe this graduation day, maybe that's <laughs> what he's going to, Beck's going to put out a a John Lee hooker covers. Oh, there we go. he will be, be all set. All right. Well, let's see what's happening in 2014. See how your, your memories work here, gentlemen. Does anyone remember the world cup in 2014? Uh, in, specifically I'm thinking of a semi-final match between Germany and Brazil.
1: Oh, is this the year that uh, Germany went up like 6-0 in the semifinal yeah. and the whole Brazilian nation was sobbing on television? Oh, it was so awful. So I, right. the Megan Band was in Tiny Telephone recording. That day we were recording the Running on Machinery record. Uh-huh. And half the band were soccer fans and half the band were like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? And so we had it on a phone in the... Um, you know, like the little green room, and we right, would like right. do a couple of takes, and then somebody would run out. And every time uh, Kyle came back in, he was like, It's five nothing, it's six nothing. <laughs> We're like, What are you talking about? <laughs> so I, that's my memory of that
2: game. I actually didn't see it, I just heard it happen to Brazil. It, Brazil was hosting the World Cup, and they lost seven to one to Germany. And I was rooting for Germany, but it it was it was like that fight in Cool Hand Luke where I was like, somebody ought to stop this. this is-
1: you know, it's so funny you say that rooting for Germany. I remember I was in uh, I was in Croatia when Brazil played Germany in two thousand in the World Cup final. Uh huh. And I was in a bar, and people were like who I was like, who are you all rooting for? And it's like they're like, are you kidding? No one who's not German roots for Germany. Do you remember <laughs> World War II? He's like, if you're not German, you don't root for Germany. Like that's the one rule of the earth. So it's so funny to hear you say you're rooting for Germany because I was told very specifically by some drunk Croatians that you are not allowed to do that.
2: Wow. Um, All right. Let's see. In 2014, uh, 50 Cent threw out a first pitch at a baseball game. Ben, do you remember that pitch?
0: (laughs) I have no recollection. Hopefully a Yankee game, though, huh? Um, it was
2: not. It was not well done by Fifty Cent.
0: It's so bad, Ben. You got to
1: YouTube that when you get back to America. It's, it's amazing, remarkable. He almost threw it behind
2: himself. I mean, it's just <laughs> phenomenal. Um, Jay Z gets uh, punched up a little bit on an elevator by Beyonce's sister.
0: Ben, do you know what that was all about? Uh, I believe that Jay Z might have had a wandering eye. Yes. No. And Solange just not fuck around at all. So.
2: There you go. Um, Todd Gurley suspended for four games uh, as the University of Georgia running back. Jeff Simons, do you know why he was suspended for four games?
1: No idea. But Ben will know because he's an SEC fanatic.
0: Ben, do you know? Not in 2014. No way. I, yeah. I believe that was a nader for your Tennessee balls.
2: <laughs> he accepted $3,000 uh, to sign some autographs. And the NCAA said you can't do that. You're an amateur athlete, and you are affecting the purity of the sport. Who told
1: on him? That's the part of this. All these stories, like what jagweed paid for an autograph and then turned him in. I think it was a Tennessee fan. Oh yeah, that's good turnaround, right (laughs) there. How dare you, Tim? Plain. How dare you? That's a little softball pitch for you, Tim. Way to hit the ball.
2: Um lest you think it was all sunshine and sports in 2014 we we also had uh, Michael Brown being shot in Ferguson Missouri oh. um what just a mile away from from Dred Scott's burial place we had ISIL terrorizing Iraq as Iraq was trying to get on its feet the camp spiker massacre speaker massacre happens in 2014 1500 cadets for the new Iraqi armed forces are murdered by ISIL terrorists it's the second deadliest terror attack uh in history
0: awful awful stuff what happened to ISIL I think we rolled them I mean, actually, I think the Russians actually rolled them, but uh, they, they basically held a big chunk of Syria and a big chunk of uh, Iraq. And then, but the funny thing is that actually they, it looked like really big. Like when you drew a map, you were yeah. like, wow, they've got a whole country. And then if you did the population centers for that, it was like, they just said nothing. <laughs> <Too> <laughs> they literally had like Barstow, California and Death Valley was what <laughs> they controlled.
2: Yeah. Um. Well, I am glad they are out of the picture. Um, oh,
0: I clarified the uh, Supreme Court case that. Oh yeah, you totally did, and I looked it up too. You were completely right. It it kind of the kinda, first one's the Defense Against Marriage Act, and the second one's the the right to be gay married everywhere. Totally right. right. So one was like the
2: the first pin falling. Um, yeah, totally. And then and then uh, it went from there. All right, good stuff. Let's get to the number one album.
1: I feel like this song's appropriate after all that. That was a downer there, buddy.
2: Sorry, I, it's part of the charm of the charm. I can't decide whether
1: it's good to start down and go up or start up and go down or maybe go back and forth from sports <laughs> to ISIL. Like, <laughs> the, order, the order really matters, man. I'm like, I, know, oh, I don't even sure. know if I can go on. But <laughs> this song will help.
2: It's the number one
1: album. 1989. Taylor Swift.
0: The good news is that Ty Gurley got that money. That's right, finally.
2: I'll see how too
0: late.
2: Got nothing in my brain. Daughters on board with with Taylor going from kind of singer songwriter to full on pop star. Were they
0: thumbs up? Fall of 2014, I moved my entire family to Slovenia. Oh, right. And the we had a turbulent first couple of months. Uh, the weather was terrible. it Was just like it was here today: 53 degrees and a hard driving rain every day it was brutal and india had was full-time teaching and she hadn't been full-time teaching since i don't know 1996 or something and she had like four new preps at this american school oh, where they God. were just like you know it's one of those sho- uh shoelace places overseas where they were trying to teach an American curriculum and she's a Princeton grad. And so they were just like, yeah, man, come and just teach everything. (laughs) So it was a very tough fall when this record came out and that song in particular, just, Oh, I can't describe how much we love that song. Oh, good. We played that song over and over again. I consider that song to be, you know, along with, a half dozen other songs. My one of my favorite pop songs of all time. Like I absolutely love that one. The bass sax and the drum part and the open hi hat. So fucking great.
1: And I totally agree. I like it so much that I deliberately ripped it off on River Run. And I've been waiting for Ben to figure out. Like, Wait, there's a fun? song on River Run where I stole very deliberately that sax bass part. And put it in the middle of uh, put it in the middle of my own version of that pop song
0: wait now is that true to where is it
1: it's in uh the second song a new place in that middle part that ba 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 bump ba bump bump when it does that weird keyboard part there's a sax bass for that i tried to thing, i love exactly it exactly that sound in the background and that, and that chord progression is a total homage slash lift from shake it off <laughs> Love it. I love this one. <laughs> that and I don't understand awesome. people who get mad about it. Like, like, I'm sorry. Like, why would you get mad that your folksy singer songwriters are also capable of writing? Hey, yeah. Part two. Like that's a value add all the way
2: to the totally. totally. Good, good. We're all uh, on the same page there, by the way, Jeff signs. We didn't, we didn't talk about this little nugget. Um, I don't think from, from the solo podcast, when Ben called Taylor Swift, The Bob Dylan of this generation. Yeah, I'm gonna let that lie. What the hell? I mean,
1: (coughs) I'm not gonna push back on that. She very well might be. It depends on what you mean by the Bob Dylan. Like, is she the most important songwriter to more people than anybody else? She probably is, you know?
2: Uh, sorry, and we're back and we're back. <laughs> um, oh, this is this will be fun. I, I did want to share what the 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys fan club has been up to. These were tweets from May 12th. Uh, May 12th. I don't like this record, I love this record, so poignant and touching harmony and voices are amazing and incredible i'm here for the aggression and the funk and for the dance party and for intensity sorrow the death the black hole at the center <laughs> that was that was nina's um homage to to
0: a Ben barton description what do you think Ben Oh, dude, just nailed it. <laughs> Bet, way better, way better and more eloquent than I actually am for sure. <laughs> I am gonna say. So, so on the nose.
2: Now, I I figure she left out Bonnaroo just because it was low-hanging fruit. Like this was this was a little bit more sophisticated than just saying I heard them at Bonnaroo. Um, now, I'm gonna go to Jeff's next. I don't want to throw shade on this artist. I just don't connect with the art. I mean that. Sorry, drum track was everywhere. I hate those. Noodley, <laughs> I hate those noodley keys, and the lyrics are beyond stupid. But it's not bad. I mean, I don't hate it.
0: <laughs> That's pretty good. By the way, the noodly so good. That's an actual <laughs> Jeff classic. is nudly. Um,
2: well, well, wait, I love- hey, Timmy,
0: do you have a, do you have a word like that, like along with noodly? I don't my, think... I use the word squirrely in class uh, so much. Yes. You know, that the students quote it back to me on exams. They're like, <laughs> it's, quote, kind of squirrely, end quote. Um, that's really funny. I make a big deal about
2: not using the word truly and how awful that word is and overused. And um, so they think it's hilarious when they get back at me and and, like, put truly in all caps. I don't like the word
1: thus. I make fun of the word thus so much. Thus, It's like, unless you're a 16th century king, you can (laughs) use therefore like the rest of us.
2: (laughs) Um, But Jeff, you are in a particularly weird position on this podcast because the last thing a musical artist wants to do is poo-poo another musical artist's creations. Yeah. And yet, gosh darn it, you have opinions.
1: I yeah I mean I just have, I've decided that um uh really any established artist isn't going to really care what I think. Okay. And uh and we're not really slagging uh unestablished artists. So I'm trying to thread the needle, but you're right. I there are moments in my head where I'm like, you know, it is hard to make a record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be too much of an asshole about it. But uh well, I'm glad
2: cuz I I was nervous about picking another Garth Brooks album, but I'm glad you said to hear you say that because I got Garth is a, is a different case altogether. If I believe an artist is cynical from the jump,
1: if they got into art as a way to to do do something else with their lives, I'm oh. uh, I'm more likely to jump. So. All right, and well, don't worry.
0: Like... The 2014 material is the best in Garth Brooks' <laughs> catalog. That's what yeah, he's really with hitting that his question. Stride.
1: Are you gonna go see so, him on this Enormo tour that he's doing, Tim? Are you going to I am not. Be in section three hundred eight, row seventeen.
2: I'm sorry. Is Enormo in reference to his physique? What? What's? No, he's playing stadiums. Oh, is he? Okay. But it's helpful that his physique
1: is such <laughs> that you can see him from section three hundred eight. Oh, that's Hey-o! not called for.
2: <laughs> oh boy. Hey, listen. We're all we're all committing to getting better shape this summer uh finally nina has an attempt uh an impression of me i don't i don't get it it's not it doesn't sound like me um i don't know much about music like you buy coastal elites so this year i bought a lottery ticket matched the numbers to letters of the alphabet It spelled out an artist and it hit me lyrically what do you guys think
0: (laughs) such a great (laughs) joke such an amazingly good joke (laughs) (laughs) oh i don't
2: know i don't know when i was first reading it i was like i don't know which one this uh it's like being at the poker table and if you don't know who the sucker is oh yeah (laughs) ah good stuff nina and uh and the 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 growing fan club all right let's get to our three albums Are three albums. Who goes first? Jeff, I'm happy to go it, first.
1: Yeah, you should go first because uh we can't see you. It's going to be nice to have your face again, Ben. I'm finding, uh I'm finding a, a little distance in this. Oh, you mis- you mis- oh that's oh, nice. It that makes me sad. It makes me a little sad too. But I'm glad you're in Italy, which is much nicer than not being in Italy. Yeah, indeed. So.
0: Um, in 2000, well, let's go backwards. In 2000, Killer Mike is launched. His career is launched. Let's go. As a guest rapper on uh, Outkast Records. He does it in 2000, does it again in 2001. He puts out three different solo albums through 2013. And in 2013, he's he's born in 75. So what's that make him? He's 33. And um, the producer of his third solo record, R.A.P. Music, is El Producto, who's a white guy from Brooklyn, who's basically the same exact age. So Killer Mike grows up in um, Atlanta. His dad's a police officer. And I I can't remember what his mom did, Uh, but he grows up in in relatively modest circumstances and is just trying, trying, trying to make it in the rap game. I mean, he's connected to Outcast, he's connected to TI, he's a major player in the Atlanta scene, but just not really able to break through nationally. El Producto, LP, same thing. He, and actually it's humorous, he actually has kind of a rougher upbringing than Killer Mike does. Um, his dad i can't remember his dad dies or leaves him then his stepdad beats up his mom bad enough where he's actually like kicked out and arrested and removed from the house um lp drops out of saint or kicked out of saint anne's high school when he's 17 Gets a ged goes on to college and learns music production and he's like in this uh alternative rap zone in the 90s he's got a uh rap collective called company flow he's got his own record label and he's producing a bunch of stuff he's also not able to break through same year in 2012 he produces killer mike's record and he produces his own record and mike has such a good good time with the record he's like you know we should do you got a record coming out i got a record coming out let's go on tour together so they go on tour together LP and Killer Mike separately and then they show up in each other's sets and they're rapping and they're like, damn, that was a really good time. Fuck it. You know what you should do? We'll go into the studio and we'll just record a record and we'll just put it out. Just the two of us. We'll rap together just like we did on those two songs. So they go into the studio. It's like a nine song, 31 minute record. The first song on the record is called Run the Jewels. And they were like, eh, whatever. Let's call the band man. Like, <laughs> first song, same thing. Love it. So they put Love out it. Run the Jewels as a free album, open to download to anybody. It's a big commercial hit, not commercial, hit. it's a big critical hit. It's a medium sized commercial hit. And both of these guys are in their 30s and they've never had a partnership. They've never really been able to hit it. This takes off. They're like, Fuck it, man. They go right back into the studio, right on the heels of it, and record Run the Jewels 2. It's a really, really, really interesting record, and the Run the Jewels project is super interesting. Okay, so just to get this out of the way, Killer Mike is by a mile the best rapper in this act. LP is, uh, I would say, interesting and good for a white guy, but just can't touch Killer Mike at all. And I'm sure if those dudes were here, like, it's clear. Like, yeah, they'd I, say I the hear same I hear thing. them say it in interviews. They would say the same thing. Like, that's not, they're not in competition. Like, the Beastie Boys um, and other acts, I mean, Run, Run DMC even would have, you know, would have spats, basically, over who was better within the, 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 the duo or the trio. That's not the situation here at all. Everybody knows that Killer Mike is the better rapper. But ironically, LP is the better producer. Um, and the beats are super interesting. It's not a cut off the soul act. He is not a—he's an okay sampler, but that's not his thing at all. He comes out of the TV on the radio, Cat Power, Brooklyn scene, where he's really into weird sonic stuff. It's like almost industrial style, um, and somehow the two of them together create this like really secret sauce. So, Timmy, I know you chose Reagan from the rap music, right? Um, to me, the Killer Mike material. Before he gets into "Run the Jewels," it's like it's too much, Killer Mike. It's too serious. It's too political. Like he just yeah. does. He can't capture it, um, and and let alone the LP. I love this band enough where I've gone backwards and listened to all of the solo stuff beforehand, uh-huh. and the LP stuff is like without Mike rapping, and he's even weirder. Like I think Mike has got <laughs> a really nice ameliorating effect on him. He's like, okay, we want we want actual beats here, guy. <laughs> we don't want just like noise and 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 that.
1: Um, I got a rebuttal back... to that at the end of this, though. I got to jump in. There's one LP song I'm going to ride or die for once we get to
0: the oh, end. Oh, beautiful. I love it. They come back in the studio for Run the Jewels 2, RTJ2, as it's known. Um, I'm going to choose. First of all, I love Run the Jewels. I don't like them. I love them. Um, They are very firm that they're not a political act and that they're not public enemy too, but they in fact are the spiritual successors to public enemy. Mike in particular, like if you've seen him on CNN, if you heard him speak after the, after the Ferguson stuff, like he's just a fantastic, unbelievably awesome spokesperson. Right. And he carries it through in the rap. It's, it's excellent. Um. This record, they put it all together. I don't think that there's any single Run the Jewels record. I mean, two, three, and four are all fantastic. Two, three, and four all each have songs where I'm like, eh, that one wasn't my absolute favorite. Um, that being said, two has got my absolute favorite Run the Jewels song. Yeah, say Close, it again. Your okay. <laughs> Close your eyes and count to fuck. Okay. Close your eyes and count to fuck. I'm happy to say that, that as many that. times as I can. <laughs> Jeff just started at zero 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 and then end at one at a minute.
1: Run the Jewels too by Run the Jewels. Run them jewels fast, run and run them jewels fast, run and run and run and run and run and fuck the slow mo. Run hey. and run and run 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 run
2: run 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 run
0: Fascist slave, you protested to get in a fucking book Everything I scribble's like the anarchist cookbook. Look good, posing in the center for the cookbook. Black on black on black with the ski mask, that is my crook-book How you like my styling, bruh? Ain't nobody smiling, bruh. About to turn this motherfucker up like Riker's Island, bruh. Where my thuggers and my cripples and my blooders and my brothers. When you niggas going unite and kill the police, motherfuckers? Or take over a jail? Get them Co jail. the burning on that sofa, goddamn, I love the smell like it's pillow torture where the fuck the warden and when you find them we don't kill them we just water bored them we killing them for freedom because they tortured us for boredom and even if some good was that fuck it the lord of them. we we out of order your honor you out of order
2: Uh cutting off lp
0: <laughs> the burning of the sofa god damn i love the smell like that was just kills me kills me that's good
2: uh jeff what are we gonna say Oh, I just
1: like, you know, I don't know much about hip hop, but I love when I could pick up like that Atlanta uh, trail off on the vowel sounds that Killer Mike has going like that at the end of each oh, yeah, line. Totally. Yeah, I just love that. Um, LP has this amazing song called From My Upstairs Neighbor, If You Kill Him, I Won't Tell, which is one of the best songs about domestic violence I've ever heard, where it's a, he's in the hallway, of his apartment building and he's hearing this guy beat up his girlfriend in the oh. other apartment but it's that new york like you keep your own business but the whole song is the police have come to his house to investigate and because the guy's dead upstairs and he's like who pays attention to noise in brooklyn like good luck colombo with the case but it, on the stairwell the day before he had stopped and put his hand on her arm and said if you kill him i won't tell and I mean, it's just it's a <laughs> perfect three minute mini opera. And it's it's full of all the things Ben described, just crazy sounds and and weirdness going on. But I'm a huge fan of that track, not the whole record, which is called Cancer for Cure, I think. Um, but Ben's right that there's a there's a, if if this is your thing, then this is the peanut butter meets the chocolate like it's. It's deep, and it's fun, and it's loud, and it's groovy, and it's got all these different influences really tastefully thrown together. Like, as somebody who's not an aficionado of this moment in rap, this jumps right out at me as something a cut above most stuff.
2: Agreed. Agreed. Good stuff, Ben. Go killer, Mike. Jeff, what do you got?
1: I'm going to... Take us to one of the, you know, there's a couple of cities where rock music has just been like born and raised, right? Like New York, Los Angeles, London, Chicago, Seattle, San Francisco. But let's not forget Halifax, Nova Scotia. Oh, which is where this year's band comes from. I've been waiting a year and a half to get five minutes to talk about uh One of the greatest bands you've never heard of. Now, you guys have heard of them because I have bent your ear off since 1996 about this band. But I think most Americans, and I assume a lot of listeners of this podcast might not know the Canadian band Sloan. Um, And I'm picking Sloan this year for their record Commonwealth. Not, I mean, partly because I think Commonwealth is a very good record, but partly because I cannot let uh season two of this podcast go by without talking about these guys um sloan has been making music as a quartet since 1991 um they met in high school uh up in uh halifax they were they kind of kicked around in a couple of semi-professional bands and then this kind of essential quartet got together uh in 1991 and made a little ep called peppermint they got a Canadian record deal. They have been making great records ever since. Um, these four guys all write songs. They all sing lead vocals. And they switch instruments depending on whose song it is. So I love when that. the drummer's singing lead, he moves to guitar. And the bass guitarist moves over to the drums. And the rhythm guitar player moves over to the bass when you go see Sloan in concert, it's not just a show, it's also this incredible musical chairs of these guys bouncing around the stage. Since 2006, they've added a fifth touring member who covers keys and percussion because they use a lot of wonderful old, like Wurlitzer, Fender Rose, uh keyboard sounds as well. Um, I've seen Sloan, I think f- three times, maybe four times, I can't remember but the great thing about the sad thing for Sloan is they never broke through in America. So when they tour America, they play very small places. The good news for you is when Sloan comes to your town, they're going to come play a little tiny place. And you'll see one of the best bands of the last 30 years with 300 other music fanatics. They kill it live. They have made 12 records uh, since 12 full length records. They also are incredibly prolific. There are two, full length compilations of b-sides and tracks for compilations and other things they have never made a bad record um at the very beginning of their career they're a little derivative which is what do you expect they're 20 years old or something like that when they make peppermint the first record twice removed to me sounds a little too grungy it sounds a little too imitative of nirvana and that moment in 1992. But then they swing into their own thing from one chord to another in 1995 through the present day sloan is a a uncharacterizable band like sometimes they sound like the great lost 70s funk rock band sometimes they sound like a 60s r b classic band sometimes they sound like the great lost new wave punk band Um, And that's one of the things I love about them. If I had to pick a record to start with, it's probably not Commonwealth. But if you like Commonwealth and you head backwards, you're not going to hit a bad record. Um, And one of the things, again, that's so great is because you have four songwriters and four lead singers. There's a lot of genre hopping and but not in that way that's obnoxious. Like it's not like you're going to go from like heavy metal to bluegrass and have yourself like these guys worked together incredibly well. Um they have won the Grammy equivalent in Canada nine times. They've won the Album of the Year award nine times out of 12 records. When they play in Toronto or across Canada, they're playing 10,000 cedars Um I think Canadians would describe them as one of the two or three greatest bands in Canadian history, uh Rush, Sloan and then uh you know, whoever comes third Uh, and they've just they are uh they're just kind of a ghost wandering through america's rock club so do yourself a favor check out this band this is my favorite song from commonwealth it is a perfect two minute and 40 second song about cleopatra um it's helpfully called (laughs) cleopatra nice and uh i'm gonna play you a little bit of it now commonwealth by sloan Thirteenth record which is supposed to come out in september or in october okay so i'm sure hoping i mean these guys are these guys are almost exactly our age right and it's been a quartet with no change in personnel for 32 years they added this one guy 15 years ago and it tells you something about this band that they added a guy 15 years ago and he has stuck with them since then as a they bring him in the studio now he's a touring musician he's not officially in the band but he might as well be they're really a five piece at this point but there's something about um i mean they've grown old together the records are about that as they get older the songs are about different things they're definitely writing to and for one another it's just uh i uh i've kind of grown up with this band as well and uh and i got on early like i've been listening to this band carefully for 27 years and wow. they have not made a stinker and i like some more than others and i there have been a couple of records where the back the back half of the record i'm like oh i've kind of heard this song before but then they'll like totally surprise me like this song ends with something called 48 portraits which is um each band member made uh uh was told they all decided we're gonna each make a little song sweet Without any input, we're going to record all the instruments ourselves, and then we're going to smoosh it together. 48 Portraits is a 17 and a half minute track of all of their solo creations, like mixed and fumbled all together. And, And I mean, it doesn't all work, but like, this is not just a band. This is a band that threads the needle between being fun, having ambition, like trying new things, but also knowing who they are and what they do well and going back to that well. Time and time again, I admire the hell out of this band uh, and I love them. And I hope uh, people listening will give it a chance.
2: Give Sloan a chance. Ben, what are your thoughts on Sloan?
0: Uh, first, I'm just super happy to hear Jeff make this pick. This is a classic Jeff pick. He yeah. he, he has been a longtime Sloan fan for sure. Um, and Timmy, I assume you're in the same spot. I've, I've listened to multiple different Sloan records on Jeff's behalf. Not one of those ones where I'm just going to poop all over it. Here's what I'll say about it, though, is um I find it more uneven than Jeff does. And actually, I didn't even realize that there were four different singers and four different songwriters. Um, but that makes a lot more sense. Um It's just a little bit of a grab bag. It's like a box of chocolate, So you just don't really know what this is how I experience it. Um No, and, I could get that.
1: I, you occasionally hit the Whitman sampler chocolate that's like coconut praline. And you're like, oh. I didn't even want this in my mouth. Like there are tracks like that on every one of their records.
2: Uh, I got to check them out though. They sound great. I love any band. I that... love
1: the difference between Ben and Tim is yeah. Ben is like, I have listened to multiple Sloan albums on Jeff's behalf. And Tim is like, yeah, I should check these guys out. Yeah.
2: I'm sure <laughs> Jeff sent it know. to me at some point. Uh, <laughs> but I was really busy. Had a lot, had a lot on my plate. <laughs> um, I can't, I, any band that like where a guy joins 15 years ago and he, he's still called the new guy you know that's that's pretty cool it was it's a, a tight crew coming out of halifax yeah and i mean i i like that um
1: i feel like if you if you i mean this would be hard to do now if you're just coming to this band was one of these problems with a band like this where i'm like Pick any one of these 12 records and get started, like you're totally frozen. Like, you can't really do that. But, like, they have also, like, you can hear in them and their approach to music the frustrations of the music industry. Like, there's a moment when they're on a major label and there's a ton of promotion. And then there's a moment when they lose the record deal and they're their own independent and they can't figure out how to get anybody to pay attention. And now there's the moment where they're like, well, the hell with it. Like, we're now fine. we'll make art for art's yeah. sake. And there's a built-in audience and we'll just do our best with that. Like, it's really, I feel like you can, you can see where the music industry is based on where Sloan is. And this is, I mean, this is not a tiny band, right? Like a lot of these songs have five or 6 million listens, but for a band that's been around for 31 years, that's actually not that many. Like mm-hmm. I have friends yeah, who have never right? heard of, who have a million listens. So they have they really continued to struggle. And at this point, like being our age, like they don't expect a breakthrough anymore. Right. And they're starting to make the right, re- they're starting to make records for themselves rather than for a, a marketplace. They have a like identified group of people like us who they know are going to hear it. So I'm actually really hoping that the new record will be a little weird and a little, a little, uh, a little ambitious. That would be awesome. Cool.
0: And this is also this is a perfect band to go check out on um, Spotify, and just listen to their five most listened songs. Yeah, that Jeff will be like, oh, I disagree. Like those aren't. It's, it's not going to be their five best songs. But sure. like for this sort of thing, it's like it's not about it. Just go ahead and listen to it. You know what I mean? Like you get the idea. Yeah. You know what? I'm looking at them right
1: now, and it, it's perfectly fine. Okay. Like, if you just listen to the top ten. You would know whether or not it's worth crate digging this band or not. But I could. It looks it like-, like. Yeah. Go ahead. It looks like Navy Blues is the most listened to album, right? I think that's right. And then uh, One Chord to Another is the other one. And then my my sneaky favorite is the one from 2003 called Action Packed, um, which are the top three in Spotify. Like, And I think you could probably drop the needle anywhere in any one of those records and listen for 10 minutes and have a pretty good sense. But I think I could make a mixtape of my 10 favorite Sloan songs that would be... I mean cool. that 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 listening experience for me would rival most bands, wow. not all bands. Like there's still a pantheon and I'd enjoy more, but I would really love that mix of ten a whole lot.
2: I uh, I forgot to tell you guys um, or we forgot to talk about. It. I saw Bell and Sebastian this week. Um, nice. How they treat you? They were great. They were great. They're super late uh, getting out. They're um you know the the woman who sings with them and plays fiddle she got COVID right before they left Scotland. So they had a replacement, but then they lost their uh, trumpet player. So they, <laughs> it's, a, it's not easy finding a trumpet player in Western North Carolina, but this guy named Tim from Morganton, North Carolina, who they introduced, you know, he said, he sat there and had the book open the whole time doing the songs. Bill uh, <laughs> and Sebastian have a few songs with the trumpet. so. Um, They're about an hour and a half late getting on the stage. They're super apologetic, uh, but they, uh, they played and it was great. It was great seeing live music. That's the, that's the key.
1: Nice. Hey, uh, have you heard of a guy named MJ Lenderman? No. He's an Asheville, North Carolina guy who just got the uh, best new music uh, review on Pitchforks. So he's about to blow up. Wait, I was curious uh, to know if you had heard of him. My doctor is Mark Lenderman. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, I really hope it's his kid. Yeah, they I call really hope that's what a small town Asheville is. That would be the greatest.
2: Uh, PJ Lenderman. MJ. MJ J. Lenderman. All right. Could be my doctor's son. Then. That's fun. All right. Um, Jeff, uh, I'll explain in a second. Could you cue up for me? Ain't No Mountain High Enough by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. And I would like to start it at, oh my God, minute uh, one minute and 12 seconds so we can get to the moment that you once described to me as the greatest woo in music. Oh, yeah. This is the greatest
1: woo of all time. Here we go.
0: Oh, That's a good
2: one. What a great, great moment in uh, in music there. Marvin Gaye reacting to Tammy Terrell. And this song anchors what I think is the best album of the year, the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Oh, my God. Awesome. Oh, Tammy. I've never done a Greatest Hits album, so there, there Art Thou Happy. Uh, but I already picked Jenny Lewis. I couldn't pick her again. And listen, this soundtrack... Hooked on a Feeling, Fooled Around and Fell in Love by Elvin Bishop. It's got I Want You Back, a song that was chosen as a song of the year in season one. And, and, ooh, child, another song that was picked by the Five Stair Steps. And if you could play just 30 seconds of 10 CC's I'm Not in Love.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I could do that. The Guardians of the Galaxy Soundtrack. Has a very slow build, NCC. Here it comes.
2: Slow build. I get what you there. This
1: is the keyboard sound that makes uh, the fillings and Ben's teeth ache, though. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. This is it. That, like, that, like uh, Fender Rose threw a Leslie speaker. I can hear John Ritter and Regal Beagle as we uh, <laughs> I'm
0: not in love, so don't forget
2: it. It's Either of you watched the soap face. opera Santa Barbara? No. With a no, young Robin not. Wright? Oh, I'm telling you, man. I every forgot time she, you
1: had a soap opera mini moment.
2: Every time she came on the screen, Ten CC would play in the background. I'm like, I don't know how they got the rights to that song, but
1: Ten CC is such a weird band. They're such a weird band. They had so many weird, huge hits because they did the things we do for love.
2: Oh, did you remember they? that one? Yeah, of course. It's just such a cheesy. Well, ass also on the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack was Cherry Bomb. Featuring 1970s uh, supergroup, what were what, what they called? The Runaways. The Runaways. Ah, oh, what a, what an album, gentlemen. Am I right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a good movie, I really liked the movie.
2: And it really set the stage for the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 soundtrack.
1: Yes. It's not a I bad soundtrack you'll be, too. you'll be choosing it in 2017, right? <laughs>
0: We could actually have a great conversation about this, about what the best soundtrack is. Oh, I mean, this actually, wouldn't be I was in my just top. Thinking
1: we should do that. We should have a a uh, best soundtrack album argument. Yeah, huh. totally.
0: And now again, we'd think. have to remove *Sound of though that one's too. Oh, that's too easy. Yeah, no, it has to be yeah. like
1: a compilation soundtrack. Right? Oh, I totally agree with that.
0: Yeah.
2: By the yeah. way, Ben, the um, Flannery was watching Mama Mia* the other day, and that Meryl
0: Streep singing is just awesome. Isn't it the greatest? <laughs> I am. The girls, the girls watched like they were, I'm here with my like, college age girls and uh, their best friend who just graduated college, and they rewatched Mamma Mia last night, and it's Mamma Mia two tonight. Oh right, just still doing it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's so but great. yeah, no, it's so charming. It's so amazingly charming. I believe Mamma Mia two has
2: a, a guest appearance from Cher.
0: I didn't see it. Yes, Mamma Mia two is so much worse than Mamma Mia one. <laughs> Mamma Mia! That's one hard is hard to imagine. Legit. <laughs> no, Mamma <laughs> Mia! One is great. Oh man, um,
1: we also have a new double Wilco album to oh. prematurely review.
0: Premature? Uh... Wait, when does that come out? Is it out?
1: It's already yeah. out, Mister Italy. I actually watched. They played their Solid Sound Festival this weekend, and Friday night they played Cruel Country front to back in, really? in sequence as the main set. Wow. They just came out and played their entire new record start to finish.
2: Was Con- um, Conway Twitty there?
1: Uh, Conway Twitty was not there.
2: Any other country artists come out? From-
1: it's not really a country. I mean, like, spoiler alert, and not to be a big surprise, it is not a country record by Shoot. any stretch. But uh, but I'm really interested to see uh, what you all think of it once you've had a chance to listen to it.
2: All right. Let's, let's meet back here in 2015. And we'll all have listened to it. I just I mean, can't done. imagine. We'll take-
1: like, I don't think a double Wilco album can come out on this podcast without at least talking about it yeah. a little bit. That just seems like burying the lead for the three of us. So I think
0: that's true. Ben, ben when do you get home? Uh, be home late Thursday. Late Thursday. Well, that is so exciting. So on your flight,
2: you can listen to the entire double album. This is perfect.
0: For sure. That's the plan. <laughs>
1: It's like being there. It actually would have fit on a single CD. It's about seventy six minutes long, Um, but they broke it up into uh, two manageable chunks.
2: Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I I hope to be here uh, in the in the uh, next week. There's a possibility, if the Celtics lose, that I will be in a hole somewhere. I'm just gonna dig a hole on campus and just live in it for a month. So, as a Warriors fan.
1: I'm having As a spectacular rest. week. It's yes. been really amazing. No anxiety. Um, obviously, we would prefer to play the Heat because we will sweep or gentlemen sweep the Heat, no question. But I kind of am rooting for the Celtics just for the joy of a Tim versus Jeff NBA finals, Let's which I think it. will be unbelievably fun. Uh, so, a lot of stress. But I do not know team. what's wrong with your Boston Celtics. You are, that is the weirdest team in the NBA <laughs> Like they can't, they look like the best team in the league. And then they can't dribble for like six Uh, minutes. Like, I mean, literally like they are dribbling the ball into the arms of defenders. Like, I just don't even understand. This is correct. Yep.
2: All right. Well, good talking to you. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, I am rooting for you tonight, Timmy. I mean, I, I think a Celtics warriors NBA finals would be really fun for us.
0: Fun time. All right. Ben Barton, safe travels home. Indeed. And we'll be all together. I'll be on video. We'll be able to
1: see each other. It'll be
0: good. We'll be back be great. And,
1: and I hope I hope listeners appreciate that Ben has created two podcasts from Italy, like on his phone, like the commitment, the commitment trophy for 2022. Yeah, uh, I am definitely in third place because Tim is running this uh, thing and Ben is is coming in from 10,000 miles away. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Noon works.
2: I, so I, I, I am yeah. a bronze medalist. I will change my MVP vote. Um, all right, talk to you guys later. Be later safe,
1: on, fellas, take care. ElectriCast. Electric Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business, spanning over four decades, and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there.
0: Our guests are from the A-list,
2: the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear.
1: I'm Mercury. And
2: I'm Diego. Your host for The The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement. Inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electrocast and any platform where you listen to your podcast.
1: Electrocast.
0: Electrocast.